Praise the Lord. Do you know what's inside of you? Do you know what's inside of you? Are you holding on? Praise the Lord. Wonderful worship. Let's give God a hand praise. Praise the Lord. For our first-time visitors, I know that's a little bit different from having a choir, but that's, this is how we worship. Because it's all about the Lord. It's not about us. And the Bible says, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And so even the Zion worshipers must be in spirit and in truth. Amen. I'm going to open up with prayer from my special little prayer book. It says, we thank thee, O Lord, for thy holy Sabbath, so full of blessings for thy children. We adore thee for this memorial of this precious work of our redemption and type of the rest that remains for thy people, for the people of God. Help us to keep the day holy. May we be richly blessed in reading the word, in listening to the gospel, and in all the service of the holy day. Be with all ministers of the gospel, and especially with those who preach thy word today. Bless our children at home and in the Sabbath school. Give to the teachers the power to mold character and to guide the children along with the path of the just. Comfort all that mourn, especially such as have not been allowed to attend thy house today. Give us grace, not merely to hear the word, but help us to spread the word and spread the light and life over the world. Enable us to live nearer to thee. May each Sabbath be a spiritual benediction to all thy people. Look upon those who are yet sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death. Send abroad thy light and thy truth into the benighted portions of our globe. Turn the nation from idols to serve the living God. Turn the nations from idols to serve the living God. Let the people praise thee. Let all the people praise thee. And blessed be thy gracious name forever and ever. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are going to uh, continue in the spirit of Christmas. And so um, I titled this message today, Our Savior is Born. And you notice how the worship and every, all the preparation prior to leads right to this title. And again, we had no conversation about it. But that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I love serving God and watching how he watched over us and lead us and guide us through the power of the Holy Spirit and not through the hand of man guiding and directing and not knowing what to do and where to go <laughs> amen so the scriptures we're going to visit is in Luke 1 and verses 26 through 56 I want to keep our focus on Jesus our Savior as we navigate through the remembrance of of, of him in this first Advent season, which is called Christmas time. And it is the birth of Jesus. It is important that we understand this time and know who our Savior is and how to rest and depend on him, how to work through him, how to minister through his spirit. All of these things are vitally important in order for you to be ruptured up at the second of Advent. You don't want to be here for tribulation. And I'm going to say this until he tells me to stop saying it. 
Amen. Because we need to be reminded daily as human beings, we forget because remember we were born in sin. So we have this selfish nature to always think about me. What about me? I need, I want, and forget about why we were put on earth. And it wasn't about you. It's about the kingdom of our God who art in heaven. Hallowed be his name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read the scriptures first, and then we'll go back and, and go through them as much as possible. Luke 1, and we're going to verse 26. And it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, this sixth month is the sixth month that Elizabeth is pregnant. Supernaturally. I say supernaturally. The difference is her husband came into her and she got pregnant, but she was beyond the age of pregnancy. So it was a supernatural birth that she was able to get pregnant because both she and her husband were past uh, childbearing years. Okay. So it's, it's, it, oh, there is so many little things in this story that I, I wouldn't be able to bring them all out. So help me, Holy Ghost, because I think of stuff and I know I have written some things down. I want to keep the keep the order that I have it going in. So anyway, it's interesting that the uh, angel Gabriel visits Mary in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. <laughs> okay, all right. 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. So Mary was already planned to be the uh, wife of Joseph, it was a, a planned situation. And the angel came into her and said, and the angels came in unto her uh, and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. In other words, rejoice, Mary, because you are highly favored of the Lord. Okay? The Lord is with thee. And blessed art thou among women. You have been chosen among women to do something very important and supernatural. Why? Because the favor of God is on you. Not because of anything that Mary had done. It's called favor. And any of us that have been chosen to do anything for God is grace. The fact that we were chosen to be saved is grace. Amen. He says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this be. Like she did not even understand what's going on because she knew that there was nothing about her to warrant such a great thing that was happening. And the angel said unto her, fear not again, he tells her, Mary, for thou hast found favor, thou hast found grace with God. Don't fret, don't worry about what is being said to you and what you are about to do because God favored you and it isn't about what you're going to do, but it's what he's going to do through you and in you. So don't fret over it. Amen. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest of the most high. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of, of his father David, which he came from the lineage of David, a priestly nation. Now, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall there be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how should this be, seeing I know not a man? Which meant she had not been intimate with a man. And the angel answered, answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. <laughs> 
and the power of the highest of the most high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which should be born of thee shall be called the son of God. Now I'm going to come back to this later. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she have also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaiden or the, hands, the servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And she didn't know how it was going to happen, but she received the word. She believed the word and received it. And therefore she said, be it unto me according to thy word. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste and to a city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted or greeted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence, and whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord, should come to me. See, Elizabeth got the revelation and understanding. Okay. How could this be that the mother of my Lord, my Savior, comes to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there should be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, I pray that I get through all of this because I'm going to climax it, praise the Lord, with Mary's song. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm, I'm just excited over the message. You all may not get anything out of it, and I feel for you, but I'm excited because I got a lot of stuff out of it. Okay. But first of all, I want to talk about the names of the key players in this story because uh, that's important too so that we can really hold on to the revelation uh, concerning these people. Like, for instance, Mary. Now, the Greek translation of Mary is Martha, okay? But Mary um, is, is uh, in this story, we talk about the mother of Jesus, is a young virgin. Now, I've heard different, different uh, people say what her age was from 13 to 15. So, obviously, we don't have a clue how old she was, but we do know that she was extremely young. And although people in that time got married young and got pregnant young and had, had children at a very young age, okay? But she was a devout believer, and she was Jewish, okay? And, and her name means strong. That's what the interpretation of her name, it means strong. She lived in Nazareth. And that city, the name, the translation for the word Nazareth is sanctified. <laughs> okay, think with me, please. Because the, the, uh, the interpretation of these names are playing key part in this whole story for us to have an understanding about what had been prophesied in the Old Testament that was manifested in the New Testament. Okay, now her name, like I said, is strong, of which she had to be and, 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 and was demonstrated on a few occasions. Remember at the wedding of Canaan when she had Jesus operating out of his time, but he obeyed her <laughs> to change the water into wine. Okay, it took strength to operate when you had no business operating. <laughs> okay. Also, it took a lot of strength for her to be at the crucifixion, watching her son be crucified and, 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 and treated the way he was treated. What mother could stand by and watch her son be persecuted and gorged with, the, with that whip of the nine tails? So when they whipped him with that whip, and those, those points on the, on the end of that whip would grab his skin. And, and so when they ripped the 
whip away from it, then you know it's tearing all of his flesh. It's coming through tearing all of his flesh. So he's bleeding. They put a crown of thorns on his head, just pressed it down into his head. So he's bleeding from, from his head. They nailed his hand to the cross, so his hands are bleeding. His feet are nailed to the cross, and it's bleeding. And so he's just bleeding all over. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because do you recognize that that blood, that divine blood covers you and it protects you. So when you say, I plead the blood over myself from the crown of my head to the bottom of my feet, you're declaring the blood of Jesus that was shed on your behalf is a protecting, protective cover around you. Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. She also had to be strong to suffer the embarrassment and the loneliness of saying she's carrying this baby through immaculate conception. And who wants, who's going to believe this? Okay. And they're ridiculing her, but she has to accept this ridicule and go along with it. It takes strength to endure that. And when I think about what she went through as she carried this baby inside of her, I think about young women who think they got a problem because they become impregnated and they're not ready for it and then make a decision to abort the child. Oh Lord. We need to completely understand the importance of the players that was chosen by God to fulfill the prophecy of the Old Testament. Amen. Now, the word strong means that you're steady, moral and intellectually powerful, physical powerful, and definitely emotionally powerful. That's what it means to be strong. Did y'all get that? Do I need to repeat that? <laughs> okay. That you're steady. Steady will remind me of temperance, which is the fruit of Jesus. Means you just keep doing the same thing. You don't go with your emotions like a seesaw or a roller coaster. But you are consistent no matter what's going on. And the way you can do that is because the Holy Spirit resides inside of you who you surrender your will and surrender your way to so that he can keep you on point and keep you being consistent. Amen. You have moral power and, and sometimes intellectual power. There are some people with intellectual power but lacking in morals. But you need both. You have physical power, which is the, the least of it all. And emotional power, which is vitally important because that emotional power allows us to keep from operating in fear and anxiety and dread over everything that comes across our way that is a challenge. Amen? Now, Joseph, his name means increaser. I didn't know that until I started preparing this. Increaser. Amen. And an increaser is a person of high character, stamina, honor, and faithfulness, which he had to be in order to endure what he could not understand. Okay. He, he demonstrated it when uh, in the, his initial plan based on uh, uh, the customs of the time when he discovered that his bride-to-be, who he had never touched, is pregnant. The plan was that she was going to be stoned, that was the custom, and put away. But he wanted to do it in a way that it didn't draw attention. So that says a lot about his character. 
But of course, his obedience, when he had that dream, when the Lord gave him a dream to let him know that this is a higher plan than what you understand and don't do anything to Mary. His obedience to obey, though he didn't quite understand. But may see, you know, what we need to learn as believers, you don't have to know and understand everything when God tells you something. You just believe it and trust it because your faith allow you to walk in the the plan of the Lord. And as you walk in it and it's manifested, that's how your faith is elevated. We want to know ahead of time. We want to know well in advance. I'm not going. I, I can't. I need to know now. So what do I do? Is this going to happen, Lord? God is trying to tell us you walk by faith and not by sight. And when you walk and trust in me, you walk right into purpose. You walk right into victory. You walk right into his plan. And as you walk in it, your faith is elevated. And it has to be elevated. And if you don't do that and it don't get elevated... You won't be able to meet the next challenge. And every time the challenge gets higher and higher and greater than, and greater. The Bible says you go from faith to faith and glory to glory. You will not be able to be elevated if you don't stand one time at least. Joseph was a carpenter. And he was a descendant of David. Which meant that he came from a priestly heritage. Okay, and so you'll realize that it's not a whole lot to, to um, uh, written about Joseph. Actually, this is about it. And, and he only appears uh, later in the gospel, um, but he dies before Jesus gets before Jesus starts his public ministry. But in the, in the process, after Jesus is born, that marriage is consummated. And then they have other children. Okay? So, if Jesus had come from Joseph's seed, he would have been purely human. All human. You know, God is awesome because it had to be a human person to redeem us from the curse of the garden. But it also had to be a divine person to endure what it would take to redeem us. So Jesus comes from the divine blood of the father, but was put into a human womb to pass through her body as a human. So he was both human and divine at the same time. Glory. God is awesome. And that natural body was what was suffered to redeem us from persecution, from the power of sin and the power of death. But that, div uh, but that divine blood allowed him to do what no human can do in order for us to reside and to do what we're supposed to do to, to lift up the kingdom of God and to represent who he really is in the earth. Amen? And so his body was human, which passed through the birthing canal of a woman, like all other humans. Therefore, that made him both human and divine. Let me tell you, the Lord chooses people whom he wish. He's not like us. All right? He don't choose people who are famous, popular, and of a high position. But he uses those of a, of a lowly reputation, but who have deep convictions within which makes them good candidates for greatness as the Lord remold them, put them on the potter's wheel and remold them by life circumstances <laughs> and then lift them up to do his will. 
And that's what he was doing with Joseph because Joseph was obedient to the voice of the dream. And as a result, he protected her and the baby for the pro prophetic fulfilling of Jesus coming to the earth. Joseph's name means, I'm sorry, Jesus' name means Jehovah, which is the Jehovah of salvation and the anointed one. Jesus Christ means the anointed one, okay? Now, it, it, I'm going to read a few scriptures out of Daniel to, to, uh, to support this. So we're going to go over to Daniel uh, 2. Daniel 2, 44. This is the prophetic word coming from Daniel concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. And in the days of these kings shall the king of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall, shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, as I read these prophetic words out of Daniel, you all should be rejoicing. And, and I'm saying this for this reason. Because this is what was prophesied about our coming Savior. Well, we're living in some trying times right now that looks very bleak. But if you knew who your Savior was, they wouldn't be so bleak because of him. Not because your faith of the government and anything else is going on in this world, but because of what has been prophesied that would happen as a result of his presence. So I'm going to read this verse again, and you all act like you understand. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Did y'all hear what it said? Glory. <laughs> but it shall break in pieces and consume glory. Let me see what that means. Put to an end. When it says consume, put to an end all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen. Go over to chapter 7, same book, Daniel. Chapter 7. That is encouraging because when you hear what's going on in our world, if you remember what this is saying, it will keep us encouraged and keep us on our knees praying and thinking and blessing God. Okay, chapter 7. Uh, we're going to do verse 14, 18, and 27. 14. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that, was, that shall not be destroyed. You can't get rid of God's pure church. Oh, glory. Verse 18. But the saints... Of the Most High shall take the kingdom of God and possess the kingdom forever and forever and ever. Do y'all hear the good news of the gospel? Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints. And the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Let, this is prophesied in the Old Testament. And it's telling us we belong to a higher kingdom that is forever and ever and ever, and it will not end. And you, and Jesus says, all power has been given unto me, and I give you that power and authority. Which means we are in this world, but we ain't doing nothing we're supposed to be doing in this world. Do you realize? He says, I've given you that power and authority. Oh, oh, Jesus. Do you realize what he is saying? Do you receive it? Well, then stop some of the stuff that is coming against the kingdom of God 
body, to your mind, to your relationships is to keep the kingdom of heaven from being realized here on earth as it is in heaven. And God said, in my name, in my name, you shall cast out demons. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, you, everybody got the speaking in tongues down pat. But you don't even know when to use it. It's supposed to equip you. It's supposed to inform you. It ain't supposed to be for a show. But when you speak it, it's telling you in your spirit what you need to know and what you should be doing so that you can take authority over darkness. Okay. Uh, uh, help me, Holy Ghost, because I've gotten away. Okay, let's go back to Luke 1. <laughs> I got away from my notes. Okay. I want to go back to the beginning. Remember I told you that the six months that Mary went to visit Elizabeth was six months of pregnancy. Why? Six months. Because biologically, she was past the possibilities of miscarriage. Which means to God, there is nothing impossible. Okay, so if she didn't naturally miscarry, she wasn't going to lose that baby. All right. Which is an encouragement for Mary, who has just gotten pregnant, to go visit a woman of wisdom and of faith to keep her encouraged. Okay, so, okay, now. In the verses 28 and 29 and some of these other verses where the angel is, is letting Mary know that she's favored, she's honored, and she's blessed among women and all of that, that was to uh, encourage. It was, it was confirmation to the prophetic word that was spoken, but it was exhortation to lift Mary up, to have faith and to trust and believe in the message that God was sending to her because she was getting ready to carry the greatest ministry there ever has been and ever will be. Amen. And you need the Holy Ghost to carry any ministry. Amen. And so he was letting her know you don't have to worry because grace is going to operate on your life and the Holy Spirit is going to come into you and you're going to be impregnated with the greatest ministry that ever existed and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. So, okay. So then um, um, she gets impregnated, okay? And he tells her, now the baby that you're getting impregnated with is, is going to be your Lord. It's going to be the savior of the world. He's going to be called the most high. There is none before him and none after him. That's a powerful ministry to be carrying. And, 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 and he's going to reign forever and ever over all kingdoms. I just read that in Daniel. He's going to reign over all kingdoms. And so... Uh, she's trying to figure out in the natural how this is going to work. And he had to let her know, no, this is not going to be anything that's going to operate through your natural understanding or just through your natural body. But the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he will anoint you and empower you to do what you cannot do in the natural. Okay, ladies. This is just not meant for ladies, but I was praying that it would be an encouragement and an uplifting for the women in ministry and be some wisdom to the women in ministry because Mary is an example, okay? We are in field with the Holy Spirit to live a Christian lifestyle, amen? And to do the work that the Lord has given to us. He chose us. He called us to salvation. And he's chosen us. And everybody born has been chosen to do a work in ministry for the Lord. Don't think that you were called to be saved and just to be a pew member. 
Every living being has been called to serve God in ministry. But his spirit comes in us to equip us to live holy lives like our Lord and Savior and our teacher. But his spirit comes down upon us to equip us to do the service in the ministry he's called us to do. That's why he tells her in 35, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you to empower you. And he's going to overshadow you. He's, you're going to be diminish, decrease, so he can increase to do the work that needs to be done. This is for every human being. Okay? It just happened that the very first powerful ministry was the birth of Jesus, and it had to come from a female. Ah, oh, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> She was given the ministry to birth out the greatest ministry that's ever to be. Because women are called and equipped to carry and birth out ministry both naturally and spiritually. But men are equipped naturally to place the seed in and spiritually to prepare and present the ministry. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> Women are called and equipped to carry and birth out ministry naturally and spiritually. Y'all get it? You naturally give birth to children, but it doesn't end with the birth of them. You are responsible for spiritually preparing them. But you also have been given ministry work to do spiritually, and all of it is birthed out. This is why when he talks about praying and travailing, he relates it to a woman in labor. All right? I hope y'all receiving. Okay. Men are equipped naturally to place the seed in the woman like what the father did to Mary. Oh, God. Men and husbands are called to be the priests of the house, the prophet of the house, the pastor of the house. You're to follow after the footsteps of our father. Do you understand? See, we, we, we need to learn why we're here and what part we're supposed to play and stop letting the world dictate how you're to have a covenant relationship. So they've been naturally equipped to place the seed in the woman, but spiritually to prepare and present the ministry. Uh, that means when the seed comes out, you are responsible for growing it up in the Lord. Both the natural ministry and the spiritual ministry. The husband should be uplifting, praying, encouraging, pushing the female with her spiritual ministry as well as with the children. Jesus. Okay, when we get to uh, the, the, the verses when the Gabriel tells her, Hail, thou art highly favored. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And um, that is how um, Catholicism began to pray and come up with this prayer of Hail Mary, full of grace. Okay, so that's part of that Catholic prayer. But it was used to pray to Mary by the angel to exhort her to affirm the prophecy and to lift her up that's why that prayer was used and that's the only time that it's supposed to be used okay because it was an exhortation and it was confirmation to the prophecy to encourage her and to lift her up so today praying that prayer to mary has no power it is a rehearsal of the past 
because the only spirit that has the power to change, fix, rearrange things in, in this life and bring the dead to life, his name is called the Holy Spirit. Mary and none of those other saints that I, I hope are in heaven have no power here on earth. We have been given the power here on earth. Amen. And so this is how they have, they, they came up with this prayer and they pray it. It's unfortunate when we don't have knowledge and wisdom because then we do religious things that profits nothing. Okay. I, I will have to say this. When we go to uh, protest at that abortion clinic, the prayers that those lovely people are praying have no power. But let me tell you this. Their humility, their sincerity, and their faithfulness is making a difference. And what blows my mind is that they come, kneel down on the ground, cold, wet, snow, sleet, whatever. They are always kneeling on that ground praying their prayers, okay? And they are faithfully there when we don't show up. Now, I said God is honoring their humility, their obedience, and their reverence to him. Hallelujah, Jesus. They are there being obedient, faithful, reverence, and humble. And then we come with the word. When we come, we speak the word. Hallelujah, Jesus. And put the two together. That's power to push back demons. Push back the power of the enemy. So don't go there thinking, oh, they ain't no good and they don't make no. No. God call us all together. And when everybody playing the part that they're supposed to be playing, you have the perfect picture that talks about in Ephesians 4. So let them come. I am happy when I see them. I am joyful when I see them because it takes humility. It takes obedience to stand there for hours. I'm not talking about 10, 15 minutes, hours kneeling on your knees on cement and it's dead a winner praying the Hail Mary. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that they have a heart after God because nobody are going to go on a regular, I don't know how many days they go on a regular basis and, and, and commit their lives to something like that, that God does not honor that. It's just that when we show up with the word, it brings power to what they're doing. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. So I am glad that they show up. Okay, um, let's get back into the scriptures. I'm going to go to, um, after Mary receives this, and she, I mean, she receives this in her heart, and she's happy. So in 39, it says, Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judea and entered into the house of Zechariah and and salute or greeted Elizabeth. Now, this is part I love. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation hmm, of Mary, the babe in Elizabeth's womb leaped. Why? Because that babe in her womb met his savior. That was in the womb of Mary. <laughs> and when they came together, that was the infilling. Elizabeth got infilled with the Holy Spirit and John the Baptist in her womb got filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mary was already filled with the Holy Spirit because she was carrying him in her womb. Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> but when that happened, that allowed Elizabeth to recognize who Mary is and what she was carrying. And that's why she spoke out the way she did. And this is another part of that Hail Mary. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Jesus, that's how they pray it. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. I went to Catholic school, y'all. Okay. <laughs> and... And, and so she is honored 
that not only did you bless me with a child that I wasn't able to, to give unless the Holy Spirit did it, but a child that's on purpose, and that purpose that he's on is to come and pay the and prepare the way for the coming of my Savior that is in my friend, my cousin, Mary, who comes here and greets me. Do y'all see the honor and the power of all of that? Hallelujah, Jesus. So, so then, uh, um, when she shares this information, I think it even opened up Mary's eyes even more to recognize how blessed she's been. She is how favored she is uh, before the Lord to do this. Now, what I'm saying, if God gave you a ministry, you need to be honored that he trusts you with something that belongs to him that you don't qualify to carry. You're not carrying it because you have the qualifications. He needs hands, feet, everything to do what needs to be done in the earth. So rejoice. And, 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 and let me tell you something else, ladies. Somebody has a particular gift. Don't try to mimic it. Don't try to mimic that person. Find out what's in you. What did God give you? Don't try, don't, don't try to worship like other people worship. Do what God has called you to do, but you got to get in tune. Ask him. Stop floating around like a butterfly. Doing every and anything. Or to the other extreme, standing around doing nothing. Like you watch it. Well, let me tell you, if you're watching, if you're a watchman on the wall, you know what you're supposed to be doing? Big time praying. And if you're a watchman on the wall praying, you see what the rest of us can't see. Therefore, you're to inform us what needs to be going on. Amen? But God has called us to serve him. And so Mary is so excited because now she truly believes, and this is the part that I've been waiting to get to. She comes up with a song. This song's come from her heart. Nobody wrote the lyrics of this song and put it out, and she thought, oh, this is a good song to sing. This song comes from her heart and her soul. Because when you surrender your all to God, when you surrender your way to God, he births in you and through you something that you can't even begin to understand or believe and people are amazed at what comes out. We need to get our intellect under wrap, our emotions in touch with, with the Lord and stop thinking more highly of yourself than you ought because you got to be a lowly handmaiden. Mary says, my soul doeth magnify the Lord. Glory. She's saying, my soul exalts the Lord. I'm in 46, y'all. And my spirit have rejoiced in God, my Savior. She's carrying the Savior in her womb. And she says, my spirit rejoice in God, my Savior. For he have regarded the lower state of his handmaiden. He has, re he has regarded the lowest that there is. And a maid servant. But guess what? When we serve God, we are all servants. We ain't no high, it ain't no levels of high acre here. You, we are all servants, lowly servants to serve the Lord. Amen. He says, for behold, henceforth, all generation shall call me blessed. As today, we're still calling her blessed. Amen. That's what needs to go down your line of genealogy. That, that your people be saying, mama, grandmother, auntie, cousin, whatever, is blessed. Because you know who you are in Christ and you are doing what God has called and purposed for you to do. For he that is mighty have done to me great things and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has pity on our ignorance when we fear him. And he will equip us. And he will give us what we need.
worry. You don't have to sweat the small things. Just be humble before the Lord. And he said that he will give you, he gives mercy is pity. He'll have mercy on what we don't know. Amen. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Oh, you don't want to be that proud person. Right, LaBerry? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I said that for, so some of you won't be thinking that he's been acting prideful, that he's recognized that pride needs to go out the window. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. That seat means throne. And exalted them of lowly degree. He's taken the mighty off of their throne. And the lowly who's humble, he is exalting. He has filled the hungry with good things. Now, this is not about food. We're talking about spiritual food here. When you and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled, the Bible says. And the rich he has sent empty away. This is why you don't run after money. Money should not be the motive for a believer. Money is not the all with that you're supposed to be having your mind on. You should have your mind on Jesus Christ and the purpose. He says, seek ye first my kingdom, him and his kingdom. Whatever you need will be added unto you. We seek the things and then want to praise God for it. Seek him and you will be praising him all the time for all his provisions. He have hope in or helped his, his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Israel, his covenant chosen people. That's what he's talking about. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. In other words, it started with Abraham where God began to bless his covenant people. And it's gone down from generation to generation. And we are the offspring. Every born-again believer is an offspring of Israel. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And then she ends her song with, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And, and then it says that she, 56, so she abode with, with Elizabeth about three, three more months and returned to her own house. Why three more months? John, she says, the for her to give birth to John the Baptist and also her pregnancy was further along doing the, uh, the informative years. Think about it. When you're pregnant, the first few months are the informative years where the baby is being formed. And so your personality and all the stuff that you're going through goes to the baby. When a lady is pregnant, during the informative years, all the emotional stuff she's going through is going to the baby. Everything that she eats is nourishing and feeding the baby. Those are the most important years of your pregnancy. So you're supposed to be careful about what you eat, how you think, how you react to stuff that is happening to you because it's passed on to that seed. So think about she's with Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, operating in wisdom and faith, being nurtured. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because God protects what and who he calls. He protects it. When you surrender and submit your ways, what he's called you to do and given to you, he is going to protect it. Amen. And that's what he was doing. But it's done and it's written for us. So we will know how to handle ourselves and how to handle the ministry. But you also need to learn how to handle your children. You don't wait till the baby come out and start nurturing and doing things. You do this the moment you find out there's a seed in your womb. And you begin start talking to the baby about godly things. You nurture that seed inside of you. You feed your body what it, what it needs to cause that child to grow in, into good health, to have a sound mind. Certain foods bring certain problems. So, and guess what? 
naturally your hormones and stuff is doing some crazy things that will cause you to crave. This is when you learn how to discipline and talk to your soul. Soul settle down. You're not in control. My heart's been changed by the blood of Jesus. It's in control right now. So settle down because you're not getting what you're talking about. And when you give your body and your soul what it's supposed to have, it does settle down. It does settle down. Let me tell you, it knows what you've been accustomed to. It knows what you are sensitive to. And so the enemy is going to work that to keep you off course and have you doing what you're not supposed to be doing. But the moment you take authority verbally over it and then act on it, become a doer of what you said, it has to settle down and hearken to the voice of the Lord. Amen. Not only with the pregnancy, but I'm just talking about with them soul things that you have either inherited or grown up in you over the years. And now you're fighting a battle of strongholds that you don't know how to let go and how to release. You start now telling the soul, it's over. It's a new day. My Savior is in control. And I'm not following that pattern any longer. I've been saved. I've been delivered. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm not going to fall and pray to those things. Talk to your flesh. Talk to your soul. Talk to your mind. And tell it what it's not going to do any longer. You cannot keep going along with those same thoughts and think. It's, it, the Bible said that they be renewed day by day. So when you keep thinking the same bondage, stupid stuff over and over and over again, you are going against what the Bible says. Do you realize that? That's why you have to, have to talk to yourself. You know what? I'm going to give you a little story. Don't tell on me. Because the rest of y'all are so holy. <laughs> you don't do, do anything wrong. Because we all struggle with walking by faith and not by sight. Okay. The condo that, 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 I'm, that I'm living in, <laughs> the gentleman that owned it is an older gentleman, and he's on our prayer list. And don't take him off that list till I tell you. <laughs> uh, because he's having some health challenges. And... Uh, um, is his nationality Jewish or Armenian? And, and, and so his dialect is so strong. You just have a hard time understanding what he's saying. But we have a good relationship. Uh, Matt claimed, oh, he's in love with you. I No, he isn't. He, he loves me. He loves me and I love him. At any rate, he called me and he said, my son and I, now I met his son some months ago. His son came over and his son is a born-again Christian, okay? And he was telling me about his wife, and he wanted me to meet her. And his wife and Doris Briscoe used to work together, okay? And so um, I hadn't met her yet. And so he was telling me that he and his son was going to come over. There was something in storage there that his son needed to pick up. So I says, okay. And I'm thinking, I need to let him come because I don't even know what he's talking about, okay? So, um in the process, we had left in the storage unit of the basement, he had left uh, a cabinet and a file cabinet there. And so I got stuff in, in, you know, in both of them. And I'm thinking, well, if he was going to do that, why did he call in advance so I could take the stuff out and it would be ready? And then I could replace it with, with, you know, with new cabinets and stuff to, to store it. And so I'm fretting over and over and over about this. What is it that he... You know, I'm going through all of this. And so I had made out a shopping list to go get some things. But I put on there, I'm going to the container store to get this, 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 this. And God says, trust in the Lord. Okay. I says, okay. I'm not going to the container store. <laughs> all right. I struggled back and forth. What is it that he's coming to get? Why did he... Forgive me, God. I'm trusting in you. I went through this. Forgive me, Lord. I'm giving this back to you. The more I did it, the less I kept fretting over it. 
and the peace came over me. All right? <laughs> when they arrived Thursday, his son brought his wife. And so he came into the house. And, and, and um, I said, we can go down in the basement and you can look at anything you want. I said, but what is it that you said that you were coming to get? And he said, some things I had in a suitcase for my kids. Um, and I said, oh, okay. I says, I haven't seen anything like this. I, I don't even have a clue, but let's go. Let's go down in the basement and check it out. We get down in the basement and, and, um, and he starts repeating again uh, what he, I says, just look around. You have freedom. Look, look at anything. Check around. You'll see. I says, because I don't ever remember seeing anything like that. He says, you know what? The people that was leasing this before probably probably um, took it or did whatever they want to do with it. And I says, really? So how long ago <laughs> was it when you put this in here? 23 years ago. I'm like, 23 years? His wife was cracking up. I said, oh, my God. I says, because I have not seen anything like that at all. If I had, I would have told. He says, well, there was a blue cart over it. And I says, you know what? There was a blue cart in the garage with two glass tables uh, in it that Mr. Hannah had covered those tables with that he actually gave me the tables, which are in this church. Okay. And I says, but that's it. He said, you know what? That's fine. You're right. Because his wife was, she was just cracking up like 23 years ago. Okay. Uh, anyway, he says, because the Lord is probably telling me, I don't need it. You need to get rid of some of this junk. And I says, well, praise the Lord. I says, because I was wondering if he was telling me I need to get rid of some stuff too. If I got to take all this stuff out of these cabinets for, for, uh, for him to take. So I said, I am so sorry. Had I known, but because I don't quite understand him as well in person as, you know, on the phone as I do in person, that's why I let you come because I could have saved you a trip that was in vain. And she says, no, it wasn't in vain. It was an opportunity for me to meet you because we did a lot of spiritual talking. Okay. And I said, you're, you're right. They said they're going to come visit us one day. And I said, you know what? You're right because I've been wanting to meet you. And so the, it was not in vain. It's, I'm glad that you did, you did come. I says, but then let me tell you something else. Why I don't think it was in vain. Because when they first came in, and I says, Mr. Hannah, how are you doing? So I said, Mr. Hannah, let me say something to you. You are on our prayer list. And our church are praying for your healing and for your wholeness. But God is going to honor your will over our will. And as long as you keep speaking those negative words and, and declaring the problem, our prayers can't work. I said, so what I would like for you to say is that I'm improving daily. Okay, at, at least say that. So afterwards, her, his son was saying, yes, thank you. But when they left out, the men left out first, and she lagged back, and she says, thank you. Because obviously he talks like that all the time. She says, um, thank you for telling him that because I hear this all the time. And with, the, with she and her husband being born again believers, they're having a hard time processing this. But the other part of the family that I guess are still Catholics or whatever think nothing of it. But because they are born again believers, they have a different mindset because they come from a different kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? But the point of the message was, I was fretting, but I did not let it overtake me because I kept giving it back to God until I was able to release it completely. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Um, we're going to continue on later on with this message of, uh, of, of the birth of Jesus, but I want to close close with it uh, right now. Um, like I said, there's so much in this, and I'm overwhelmed by it, so for, for, forgive me if it seems like I'm just scattering all around with stuff. But anyway, 
the end. <laughs> Let me just say this, especially for those people who are on Zoom. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your life has to be empty. I don't care what you have, how much of it that you have. There's, there's an empty void in you when you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you have just a few little things, your life is full. You feel a completeness. You feel a peace that's beyond all understanding. So for anyone who don't know the Lord, I'm offering you that opportunity to think about that there's a better life. There's a better way that won't take all of your effort to do it. Because he says, I, I'm sending you a comforter and a helper to help you to live according to my ways. You don't have to do this on your own. But the only way that you can receive that helper is to know the Savior. So I'm going to ask you just to, to repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all the sins I've committed. And give me the best gift there ever been. And that is my Savior, Jesus Christ. Come into my heart and save me so that I can live for you. Thank you, Father, for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your Holy Spirit to come in and feel me from the top to the bottom so that I can live this Christian life in faith and in obedience. In Jesus' name, I declare I am saved. I am healed. I am filled. And I have the victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For the sake of the people on Zoom, I'm going to do the benediction now. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you all, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, according to the faith that worketh in you. Traveling mercies as you leave this destination to go to the next. But when you're out there traveling about, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen.